Hello and welcome to the For Pete's Sake podcast. I'm David O'Connor with EXP Realty. And I'm Alex Blencarn with EXP Realty. And today we're going to be reviewing the July 2023 Peterborough City Market Stats. And then we got the deal of the month and the tip of the month for you. So stay tuned. Hey, Alex, how's it going? Good, man. Doing well, enjoying summer. Uh, actually, yesterday we went up to a place called Eels Creek, uh, which is off of Highway 28. It's about 40 minutes uh, from Peterborough and awesome spot. You can kind of hike to a waterfall there. Uh, so that it was super, super cool. Great hike. And then there's also Crown Land Camping just on, on the trail, just a little bit off the trail. There's there's certain sites. So great spot to go. I think we're just going to have to pack up one day and, and go camp there for a weekend. But yeah, we just went for the waterfall this time and it was, it was sweet. What about you? How you been? Good. Good. Um, been busy with the kids on the weekend, went to the cottage. Noah, he's my four-year-old. He caught two bass. No way. And they were doing things like he's kayaking now. They're swimming in the lake, uh, catching minnows. You know, we're trying to get them away from the uh, screens, right? So yeah. Uh, the cottage time is pretty good. So yeah, we're trying to let, let, let these kids know that there's also a place called the outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. And catching bass is a great way to, to do that. Uh, is he a push button guy or has he got the rod and reel? Uh, rod and reel. It's, it's, it's my, oh, yeah? when, uh, when I got married, cause uh, my, my father-in-law, uh, is a hunter and a fisher. Right. And then, you know, I didn't grow up with that. So, you know, he gives me a hard time. We joke around, but in his wedding speech, he had, he, he bought a, a nerf gun for me that he presented to me during his speech and then a mickey mouse uh, fishing rod but oh nice i got the final laugh because i've used that mickey mouse fishing rod and i've caught fish with it so and now yeah yeah passed now on Noah's using it yeah nice so, yeah just trying to do the outdoors thing yeah all right so we got some work to do here yeah uh overall not a bad month of july in terms of statistics uh, we'll kind of hop into that. But uh, first, let's kind of just talk about the implications of interest rate increases. Um, so I, I just did a quick calculation here on RBC. We can link the calculator down below, but it's a super generic calculator where you basically punch in a mortgage amount and it gives you an estimated monthly payment. The reason this is important is because when you're calculating a mortgage there's something called a tds and a gds ratio and always speak with a mortgage professional to get more information but generally your tds ratio i believe is is when your mortgage payment can only be 39 percent of your income your monthly income for your household i believe it's before tax so let's say your super simple calculation your monthly household income was ten thousand dollars that would mean you could devote $3,900 to a mortgage payment. So it got me thinking, okay, well, what, what kind of mortgage payment, what, what mortgage amount would give you, give you a mortgage payment of $3,900. And I messed around on RBC and it was a $600,000 mortgage gives you a rough mortgage payment of $3,900 and, and change. So that was nuts because basically these interest rates have increased. And it was using, I believe, a 6.29% rate uh, through this RBC calculator. And that was a fixed rate. And it was a 25-year amortization. And that would mean that you would need to make roughly $10,000 a month in order to qualify for that $600,000 mortgage, which that just a, blows my mind. Is that net? 
or is that gross? Is that? I think that 10,000 is gross. So I think that's before tax, but again, this is why it's always good to speak with a mortgage professional. They'll kind of iron out the particulars for you and get you an actual uh, mortgage qualification. But I, I believe that's gross. So I think it's, you know, let's say it's a two, it's a couple, you know, maybe one brings in five, the other one brings in five kind of thing. Um, that would give you your, your, your 10,000 gross for the month. Yeah. And that, that's, that's a big household income and it gets you, you know, well, at least in Peterborough, like at an average house. Yeah. yeah. That's the scary part. That's, that's those in, the implication of these mortgage rate in, increases directly impact the amount that a buyer can borrow. And in turn, the amount a buyer can spend on a home. So that's the particulars really just simply put, that's why generally when interest rates increase, the, the prices of homes decrease. And let's see what happened this month. Yeah, so that uh, that tackles the quick intro. Um, I mean, there's there's a Bank of Canada meeting in September. So everybody gets a great August. Let's see what happens in September. That's all I'm going to say about that. So you can see there, uh, I think as you predicted, Dave, we've got an average sale price increase from last year went up 2%. So pretty cool to see there. Number of new listings didn't change at all. That's another pretty cool one to see just because we generally see, you know, a change in those metrics, especially for sales, new listings, days to sell. Like those things are even average price. Those things generally change year over year. New listings didn't. So neat to see there. Number of sales went down by about 10% and days to sell went up by 26%. So any thoughts there? Yeah, the last, the bottom two jump out at me. Um, the number of sales dropping 10% and, and the, uh, the days to sell up 20, 26% just shows, um, it's really slowed down. There's not a lot of, uh, purchases happening out there. Yeah. And because of that, it's taking you longer to sell your home. Yeah. And then I'm actually, I'm actually surprised prices went up where well, we can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so there's kind of your average sale price uh, graph there. You see a little bit of an uptick there on uh, on the month of July. That's that latest bar. And just look at that run up from January 2019 when we started. It's, you know, gone up about $200,000 in, in four years. So pretty cool to see there. And yeah, there you go. So uh, what, what we found kind of neat, just looking at these numbers, you had 634 in june of 2023 653 in july of 2023 you go back a year you had 654 in june of 2022 636 in july of 2022 so the the months kind of flipped uh, i mean you're within a thousand dollars in terms of average price uh from last year uh, uh june of last year so yeah kind of neat there just to see that uh you can also see the the months between july and august last year relatively had the same average price so let's see if that repeats itself in in 2023 you, you see that across the board really too there's not a huge change between the months of july and august so yeah let's see if that repeats itself this year yeah, I got a bit lucky, but I guess the prediction I made was that in July would be the first year over year where the 2023 price was higher than the previous year. Because if you look at all the others, it's obviously 2023 was below. Yeah, that had nothing to do with luck, brother. That's all the deal. <laughs> yeah, and then what we were talking a bit offline too is even though there's a lot happening this year, with like interest rates, the uncertainty, everything that's going on, 
at surface level, it still seems and feels like a more traditional year. Like we're talking pre-pandemic where it's a little slow in the winter. Um, you get a nice little spring market, prices go up, more inventory slows down in the summer. And then if it continues this way, we'll, uh, we'll see uh, more activity in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what happens. I mean, let's watch those. Uh, let's watch the activity and see if that kind of picks up. Um, I mean, we can see here with new listings, I, I think on the next slide, it, it, it dropped pretty significantly, uh, month over month. You can see that, that last bar there after a, a pretty hot June for new listings in terms of the last four years there, you can see the graph. I would say that June was pretty close to the peak for the last four years. And that just fell off a cliff. It went from 193 down to 148 month over month, which is pretty nuts. You saw that same drop in June to July of last year, which is kind of neat. Um, a huge drop there from 210 to 148. And this year we dropped from 193 to 148. So yeah, not a whole lot of new listings coming out in July. And it could be, we know we just had two rate hikes. We hit a, what, a 20 year high for interest rates. Plus, you know, it's summertime, families are doing things. Um, you know, sometimes the buyers take a little break for the summer as well. So I think there's a few things going on there. Yeah, yeah, certainly we're in the dog days of summer here and that definitely has an impact of, you know, whether people want to move. I mean, are you want to go on a camping trip or do you want to think about moving? You'd probably choose the camping trip. Yeah, exactly. Number of sales fell off a cliff as well. Look at that jump, um, huge decline from june to july and you look at kind of it seems to be relatively the case where you have a bit of a run up in sales as we were kind of talking about until you hit kind of the dog days of summer and then it kind of declines but yeah just a huge huge fall off there from 118 to 68. that's why i think it's more than the dog days it's it's got to be that and the uncertainty and the rate hikes to have that yeah. drop off yeah, you look at, I mean, you compare 68 to March when things are relatively slow. Um, I mean, April, May is really considered, you know, you're, where you're getting kind of hottest days of, of the spring market and then a little bit of June as well. Uh, but you compare that to what you might consider the winter season, which was March, and it's relatively the same as that last month in the winter season. So definitely a huge slowdown in terms of buyer activity in July. Yeah, with those kind of numbers, realtors are going to have to get second jobs. Yeah, yeah, and and again, that that slowdown is probably due to the uh, the qualification amount. Again, it's it's really yeah. unfortunately pushing those first time buyers out of the market unless they have a significant down payment. Um, it's really tough to qualify for for a mortgage rate now. And this is another shocker. Look at the difference between that green and blue bar. That is astronomical uh in terms of that difference i think that's one of the highest differences that we've seen except for july of last year which is kind of neat um but yeah that again that that green bar is number of active listings and that blue bar is number of sales so active listings are the amount of listings that are left over at the end of the month that are still on the market so you can see a huge increase there in terms of the difference between those active listings number of sales yeah which is we're going to get into this in a second but usually when you see this you see prices go down but our prices did trend up but we have a we have um, a hypothesis on that 
yeah, stay tuned for that. A couple, couple <laughs> slides to go. Uh, but yeah, you can see 191 for active listings in July of 23 and 68 sales. So let's rewind to July of 2022. You can see that a little bit kind of in the middle of the graph there. 198 active listings, 76 sales. Now, when we subtract those two numbers, again, it's going to give you a difference um, where you can kind of measure what's happening with the market by looking at this difference. As that difference increases, you're getting into a less tight market because the number of active listings have increased and the number of sales have decreased. There's more ac active listings here for those buyers to look at. So the inventory is increasing overall in terms of homes on the market that buyers can choose from. Anyway, that difference in July of 2022 was 122. That difference in July of 2023, 123. So again, it's relatively the same market that we saw last July, based on this statistic at least. You've got days to sell those again, shot up. Uh, I think it was about 24% year over year. And yeah, I believe we're up to about 24 or 26 days to sell in, in Peterborough. So yeah. just about a month. There's a real abruptness to the month over month change, taking longer to sell the influx of inventory, the, the decline of sales, it's just very abrupt for month over month. Yeah, everything seems to just be, like you're saying, a drastic change month over month. It doesn't look bad when we compare it year over year. But again, that's because it seemed to have been a similar market last July. It's just I don't think that change between June and July was as drastic as it is this year. Yeah, so you can see there are 24 days to sell, um, but that's a pretty big jump from 16. You're two weeks to now, I guess, another extra week, um, roughly speaking. So. Yeah, it added an extra week for the amount of time it takes to sell your home. And with the amount of inventory, uh, well, at least inventory to sales we're seeing, I would expect this number to go up again in August. Because yeah. when, when you have this much inventory or there's a disparity like this between sales and inventory, you tend to have less holding offers. And that holding offers, you know, that you hold for a weekend and you sell. You're seeing less of that and things are sitting on the open market. Buyers have more variety to choose from. They're in less competition. Um, and again, there's a lot on you. Are you seeing this too? There's a lot of conditional sales falling through on finance. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So you're seeing a lot of properties come back to market because someone who they, they maybe they didn't get a proper pre-approval, but when the market with these two rate hikes as well, and the banks are really tightened up. Yeah, I agree. And, and you can see, I mean, out of, out of those five years that we have there, We've got four out of five of those years, we saw an increase in the days to sell between July and August. So just something to note there, you know, is that is that trend gonna continue? Sorry, three out of the four, because we don't have the July to August difference here. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see if that, if that trend continues. And then months of inventory. So again, because of that huge jump and the difference between those active listings and number of sales, we've got roughly three months inventory i believe it was just over that that three three months of inventory mark from the graph so but a huge jump you went from one month of inventory to three months of inventory you added an extra two months again this means that we are moving closer to more of a balanced market uh we are still technically in that seller's market territory i believe it's under four is a seller's market 
So we're still there. It's still a seller's market, but you can just see the the change month over month in that month of inventory statistic. Like when was the last time we had a one to a three jump? You can't even find it in this graph. You can't even find it in these statistics. Like that's how drastic the change was month over month. And again, for those that don't know, if the market was to freeze right now at the current sales rate, it would take three months to burn through the amount of inventory that we currently have. Where it yeah, was, yeah. you know, last well, when it was one, it was more like a what, a 1.8, 1.9. Yeah. But now we're just over three. But it's not that it, we're at the three now, it's how abruptly this happened. Yeah. Yeah. Huge shift there. Um, and then this kind of neat. So this is the price distribution. If you remember back to last month, we had about 20% of the sales were under 500,000. You compare that to this month, we've only got 10% sold under 500, 12% sold between five and 550, 20% 550 to six, 19% six to 650, and 16% sold over $800,000 in the city. So what do you make of this? Well, this is, so all the other stats we're seeing, the increased inventory, uh, we're seeing days to sell increase, sales go down, usually results in prices going down, but we saw prices go up, but like 25K or uh, on average, yep. right? I, I believe the reason for that is we just had more, we only had 68 sales. So it doesn't take many bigger sales to influence our numbers. And because we had that increase in the bottom two here, especially the over 800K, and, and the 19 you see from six to five, we just had more sales at that higher price point. And because our sample size is only 68 sales, I think it just got influenced because all the other numbers uh, should have shown our, our, our prices going down. I just think it was influenced by some, some bigger sales because our sample was only 68. And this is why it's so important to study things like this, because you might see uh, a statistic somewhere online and you'll see, oh, the average price went up. The average price went up in Peterborough. Awesome. The real estate market isn't crashing. Awesome. I should sell my house. But it doesn't necessarily mean that your house's value went up by 25K. Exactly. Because it all that changed was the price distribution and what type of homes sold. So what price point was more popular during the month of July? in terms of, of buyer's preferences. So it doesn't necessarily mean your house went up. It doesn't necessarily mean the market's going up because of all of those other stats indicate that the market is, is going down in terms of, in terms of price, but because we've only got 68 sales to look at that sample size is so small. We've got the price distribution here, increasing that average price. That's what I'm saying. If we had, three four million dollar home sell like something that's in the 1.2 around that average that that would skew these numbers yeah and you see that with i mean your third highest point there is is over 800k that's why this this is maybe my new favorite slide because it shows a lot for all, all these yeah in these different price points and what's happening yeah yeah all right so tip of the month uh dave so let's let's say we're going through a house i'm a first time buyer what are some things that might pop up that I sh we should maybe look for that could be insurance issues? Now, insurance issues doesn't necessarily mean that I won't get insurance, but it means that I might have to pay a little bit more for my insurance because the house that I'm looking to purchase 
has these items inside? What are yeah. some things that I should look for? Yeah, really. So we were talking about how you, something you just want to be mindful when you're seeing a house, because I feel like a lot of people deal with the insurance after the fact, but some things to consider when you're going through a house. Well, first there's geographical. Um, if you're really far from a fire hall or a fire hydrant, that can impact your, your ability to get insurance and your insurance rate. Um, we talked about this, like island properties, you know, when it's really hard for, you know, fire services to get there, that will also influence it. For the actual home itself, they, they, they'll, the insurance company will send out a checklist and it will usually have things like, uh, what's the electrical? So if they see, you know, knob and tube, if they see aluminum, they don't like that. doesn't mean they won't insure it, but they may um, charge you a premium. Or in some cases, some of the more um, conservative ones will not insure you. When it comes to plumbing, they don't like to see things like poly B. Um, and then century homes, older homes. I've had clients run into issues when it's, a, it's a, an older home with stone foundation. Um, and again, if it hasn't been upfitted with, you know, electrical plumbing, uh, these can be hurdles. Um, another one we talked about for, you know, more like rural properties or, or cottages is, um, your wood burning stove and the wet certification. Um, if it's not currently wet certified, they may not insure, but, it, but a lot of insurance companies are flexible. So sometimes they will insure you, but they'll give you a, a time period, 90 days, 120 days to um, bring these things up to the standards as well. So these, these are just different things to consider because um, you may not get insurance or you eventually will find somebody for a lot of these issues, but you'll be paying a premium. So you want to build that into your budget if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Something to think about just when you're going through these homes. And again, we always recommend speaking with specific professionals. And that's why we, we work with awesome professionals that's, that are that are experts in the fields that we recommend. So always speak with a, an insurance professional. Let's say it does have knob and tube in a home inspection. Let's say, you know, maybe it does have aluminum wiring. Maybe it has an oil tank. Maybe it has poly B. Maybe it has a non-wet certified fireplace. Speak with an insurance professional. Say, hey, the house that I'm looking to purchase does have this fireplace in there. It, it's not wet certified. What's that going to look like in terms of you know, my insurance payment and, and things, should I, should I repair that? Should I get rid of that fireplace? Should I even purchase the house? You know, am, am I not going to be able to get insurance? And a really important thing to know is you, you do most of the time, I believe I, you do need insurance in order to get financing. So that's why insurance is so important because you're going to need it in order to get a mortgage. So it's always important to have home insurance, um, but that's definitely one of the key reasons when you're looking at purchasing a home. Yeah, and, and if there are big concerns of a house you're interested in, um, then when you're putting your offer in, you can put in a condition of uh, obtaining insurance. And you can use a very generic one that's, you know, insurance um, that are satisfactory to you, the buyer. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, you want to get that in to your offer if, if there's these kind of concerns. Really, in a perfect world, you almost want that with, with any property, but um, definitely if there's concerns. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's fast forward here to the deal of the month. We've got 642 8th Concession Road in Havelock. So this property is uh, south of Havelock. This is by Christine and Thompson. Awesome job with this listing. Um, 450, if you can believe it. Now, it does only have two bedrooms and two bathrooms, but... This is something that we kind of flagged as the deal of the month for those uh, downsizers or first time buyers. 
um, it's, you know, my dream is to go live out in the country. And, and this is kind of, you know, something like that, where you get that country living for a relatively reasonable price at 450 and you're out in Havelock. So you're south of Havelock, which is about 30 minutes from Peterborough, but it generally is a little bit cheaper out in Havelock as opposed to Peterborough. So you can generally get more bang for your buck if you go a little bit further east and you're willing to commute, let's say if you do work in Peterborough. Um, but yeah, just an awesome house here. It, it's in relatively good shape. You've got the, the metal roof. I believe we're just under half an acre or it's about half an acre in terms of lot size, but you can just see it's it just offers that country, country property, country lifestyle that so many people love and enjoy and seems to be perfect for that first time buyer or that downsizer. Yeah, I like, um, I guess this one's probably about 30 minutes to Peterborough, but also um, you're, you're just a what? two minutes down the road from downtown Havelock. And I, I, I love downtown Havelock. There's lots of amenities, great little restaurants, and they, they always have events going on. But um, so you're, you're close to Havelock. Um, obviously, Norwood's a stone throw away as well, but and you're only 30 minutes to, uh, to Peterborough. Yeah, just down Highway 7 here. So uh, for those that aren't familiar with kind of highway seven you've got peterborough here and then you just continue east you go through norwood you'll go through havelock you go through marmara then you'll go to madoc and then i mean this is kind of out of our range but there's caladar there never been there i've kind of gone as far as as, as madoc yeah as again the more that goes all the way go, to ottawa the more east you go the as you said more bang for your buck yeah, and that goes all the way to Ottawa, which is kind of neat. So I guess that's when I've I've driven is, you know, visiting my sister in Ottawa, just heading down Highway 7 here. Um, yeah, until you get to Ottawa. Awesome. Surprise, you're not buying this one. Yeah, I uh, I wouldn't mind it. Uh, I wouldn't mind it. I might uh, maybe get uh, the, the wife-to-be out, out there and uh, take a look at it. And yeah, we'll see. I, I think it's a good... Good value at 450 and uh, yeah, great spot just to downsize or first time buyers if you just want to move out to the country. Oh, awesome. Well, Mr. Blencarn, thank you again for putting all this together. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining me and for your insights and, and everything. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. See how the market unfolds in the next few months and we'll stay on top of it as usual. So thank you everyone for uh, tuning in. We, we appreciate it. And without further ado, the, 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 that's all, folks. Take care. Until next time.